MoneyWeb now on the money. The show is brought to you by Stanlip. Visit stanlip.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. I'm chatting with Kingsley Williams, Chief Investment Officer at Satrix, chatting the Satrix Balanced Index Fund. I should disclaim I hold that in my RA. Kingsley, it's just turned 10 years old and strong performance over the period. Importantly, it is a totally rules-based fund and really largely outperforming the more actively managed, which is exactly what it's supposed to do on the sticker. Yeah, always good to chat to you, Simon. Thanks for the opportunity. Performance is always an interesting thing to speak about because it can be very time dependent Mm. on the particular period that you're looking at. And obviously that can go through different periods where it might be doing well over a given period and then perhaps less well over certain other periods. So what we've done is actually looked at its performance using rolling periods. So what that means is that you take out the point in time variable on, you know, whether it happens to be doing well at a particular point in time or not. Mm -hmm. So we look at its performance over different rolling periods, you know, over rolling 12 months, rolling three years, and then rolling five years. And what's quite interesting when you start looking at the performance of the balanced index fund, our balanced index fund, relative to any of the other options that you have available in that a CISA high equity multi-asset category, you start seeing that as that rolling window expands from one year to three years and five years, that with a very high degree of consistency, you're outperforming any of the other funds that are available to choose from. So, I mean, just to put some stats to it, on a rolling three-year basis, 50% of the time, you're actually in the top quartile of performers Mm -hmm. and you're outperforming 90% of your median performers. So that would be you're in the top half 90% of the time, top half or better. That's on a rolling three-year basis. If you expand that window to rolling five years, 100% of the time you're outperforming or you're in the top half of performers within that category and you're in the top quartile 70% of the time. So you see those odds are going up in your favor to be an outperformer as you expand that rolling window. And that really speaks to some of the compelling value adds that this fund offers, which we can talk more about. And that's because you're ignoring that short-term noise because it's rules-based. What are those rules? I mean, what is your process of deciding on the asset allocation and frequency of changing? Yes, I think it's important to lay some foundational theory and refer to some research that's been done globally, which Mm -hmm. states that most of your returns and the volatility of your returns are going to come from getting your strategic asset allocation right. Yeah that by and large is going to determine what your long-term returns are going to be. So that's what we focus on. We focus very intentionally on getting that strategic asset allocation correct, and we review it every two years. So we don't want to be in the space of tactically changing the fund as market opportunities unfold, because research has also shown that the ability of managers to consistently exploit those opportunities is very low. So we focus on getting the strategic asset allocation right. But it's also not an approach of deciding what that is and then forgetting about it. Because markets change and regulations change and new asset classes or new opportunities to exploit opportunities that are available in the market are constantly coming available. So we use that opportunity to take a step back and say, is our fund optimally positioned for what we're seeing over the medium to long term? And are there any other exciting strategies or building blocks or enhancements that we can incorporate into the portfolio 
to ensure that it delivers those inflation-beating returns over the medium to long term. So we don't do any tactical positioning, and we focus rather on those long-term drivers. Okay, so the changes are more than just sort of doing the, the re-weighting. It, it is bringing in, I'm thinking, you know, one of the new asset classes over the last, I don't know, five years or so has been infrastructure, and you, know, you can't just ignore it. Exactly. And, you know, I think infrastructure plays such an interesting role in this portfolio. So firstly, just to clarify, it's listed infrastructure, it's Mm -hmm. exposure to companies that operate in the infrastructure space. So these companies would exist within the global equity universe. If you were tracking MSCI world or MSCI or country world, they're within that universe. But we specifically allocate to this subset of companies because the behavior and the way that they interact with other components within the portfolio is quite attractive. In the same way that you would allocate to listed property, for example, those also included within the broad equity universe, but it is seen as a separate asset class in its own right. So listed infrastructure would fall underneath that real assets classification of asset classes. So what we like about infrastructure is that it adds a lot of diversification to the portfolio, It gives you more stable returns. It diversifies you away from U.S. tech-dominated companies that you would typically find within a broad equity market index. You know, even though the return, the expected returns on infrastructure are quite promising, and we love it from that perspective, even if we temper our expectations and assume that those don't materialize, there still is a great contribution that infrastructure has to bringing stability to the overall portfolio because of the way the returns behave relative to other asset classes. So it diversifies the portfolio overall. A last point, costs, because this is a you know, rules-based, because it's only rebalancing very infrequently, low costs, an important component of the performance as well. Absolutely. And I think therein lies one of the big value adds that the fund offers investors is that, yes, there is the opportunity to exploit mispricings in the market and to mm-hmm. try and be tactical and nimble. Investors have to pay for that, though. You know, managers charge a premium, funds charge a premium if they aim to exploit those opportunities. And what we're seeing, given the success of this fund relative to its peers in the category, is even though we don't exploit those opportunities, by charging a structurally lower fee and having a lower total expense ratio relative to peers, that more than compensates investors for any potential lost opportunities that they might be missing out on from trying to tactically time markets, which this fund obviously doesn't do. We'll leave you there. Kingsley Williams, Chief Investment Officer at Satrix. Appreciate the time. That's our poll today, uh, LinkedIn and X. Are you holding any rules-based funds? I mean, of course, an ETF is ultimately a rules-based fund, uh, perhaps to the extreme is what we were chatting there with Kingsley. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and X. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Standlip Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.